Six Jedi, Todd and Seamus here at Two Conspiracies and Beyond. Today we'll be talking about hypnotism. Is it real? How does it happen? Is it legal? And where can we go and see it? We also have a very special guest, Frank Santos Jr., the R-rated hypnotist himself, here to discuss all things hypnotic. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, so check us out on social media at Two Conspiracies and Beyond. So, uh, Seamus and Jedi, what do you guys think of hypnotism? Do you do you think before we get into this conversation, do you think it's real? Jedi, why don't you go? I, I'm, you've been you've been doing this the whole time. I don't want to step That's on you. This is what I want to know: Is it real or not? Do I have to put on some flannel? Do I need a blanket over me? Because I know he's <laughs> R-rated. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna do if I go. Jedi just the wants shows. to know if he's gonna be assaulted. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what is she in for? Does that is that actually is that how does that come? You'll be fine. Don't worry about nothing. We'll be good. We'll be good. The, the thing I want to know uh, when your dad did it was it X rated or R rated? I remember X rated for some reason. All right. So when he first started out doing shows, probably like 1977, he did a his first show was at a strip club. Yeah. It was just a, like a club that did strip tease and also did comedy, and he did a show there. And they advertise X-rated one show his whole entire life. And yeah, he got labeled that, but he's known as R-rated, definitely. R-rated. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, uh, I heard. I've heard both. I've heard the X-rated and the R-rated. Yeah, any club was R-rated. Sometimes they said X, but no one got naked on stage or anything. That would be X-oriented. Right. So, so the hypnosis isn't fat good. <laughs> yeah. Well. So you hypnosis, you can't, I can't make you do something you don't want to do. So right. if you didn't want to get naked, you won't. But if you wanted to get naked, I could definitely make it happen. But we can't do like Avengers mind control to women, right? Like that would be. No. That's too Magneto and a little too not me too for right now, right? Yeah, not right now. <laughs> Seamus, have you been to a show? You know, I, I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. No, and it's not because I'm I'm not a fan. I am, but I want to watch hypnotists on television. I don't want to be picked. It really freaks me out. I'm actually I'm, I'd be very afraid. I'd be very timid to be a a subject. I'm just afraid of what I'll do. I don't know. If you went to a show, you're not forced on stage, and also you can't be hypnotized unless you want to be hypnotized. So it's not like you're in the audience just go under. If you tried it from the audience, you can definitely go under. But it's not like you're gonna show up. End up on stage and not know what you're doing. It's not nothing like that. So no, don't have fears of going to a to a show. It won't happen like that. I just don't want the world to know just how fucked up I am, though. Well, that's different. <laughs> what if I spill the beans and tell everyone I'm insane? <laughs> it, it was probably 20 years ago when I went and I went on stage with my buddy Mark and I wasn't hypnotized, so I had to go back to my seat. But my friend Mark was one of the ones I know this was probably one of your dad's biggest things when you go to the bathroom and you all of a sudden think you lost your penis. <laughs> and, and my friend came back. He whispered in your dad's ear, like, where is it? This and that. Um, and I actually texted my friend. I haven't spoken to him in about 20 years. I found him on Facebook. I said, remember that time on stage with Frank Santos? Were you really hypnotized? And he wrote, I remember feeling hot and cold when he did that. I remember not caring about anything like when I'm drunk. Is that how you would describe it? So everyone's a little different. Um, Some people go really deep and they believe everything you say to a point. So I can make you believe that you lost your penis and you really would. What you think is lost penis is what you can see. Some people 
get to the point where it's just relaxed and it feels like they feel so comfortable they don't don't want to lose that feeling so they just go with the flow with it but everyone's a little different it's hard to explain but everyone's different now Todd's a little dopey. Uh, he's somebody who uh, we had a flat earth guy on the show. We thought we were going to make fun of him. And within 10 minutes, Todd was like, no, I think it really is flat. So, like, <laughs> I think he would be like the best. You could get Todd to eat his own dick. So, I, I, just, I knew this was coming, by the way. I, I, I knew the flat earth, me believing it was going to be. <laughs> it's never going anywhere. Todd. That's that's well, the, it's the reason I had to get involved. I said, no, 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 no. We can't have people coming on with conspiracies and swaying you every show. <laughs> that's not the purpose of the show. <laughs> Believe it or not, a lot of people say that, uh, oh, I got a real, say, a, a dippy person or a dumb person be great for you. And honest, all like the smartest people, the smarter you are, the easier you are to be hypnotized because you're able to focus more, concentrate more. If I do colleges, if I do like a community college, I'll get some kids on no problem. If I do Brown University or MIT, those kids go under in like two minutes because they're so oh, oh, oh. focused. So, yeah. Do they ever come up with anything brilliant while they're under, like the cure for cancer, like as a side? I don't, I should, I should ask that kind of questions up there, but mine's all comedy. So you, no. you should get the best out of them when you have them in that state. There might be something there, like some hidden nugget and they all get together and like, it's like osmosis of the mind. Like everyone's on acid. So Jedi, this is kind of a visual thing. It wouldn't really be good for the audience if we played a bunch of clips, but let's show Jedi, uh, Frank Santos, his clip with the, the guy thought he lost his penis, but the girl thought she found it, just so Jedi can get an idea of what an R-rated hypnotist does. Sorry, you raise my arm too. You have to go pee you real bad. You can go right to the men's room. When you go to the men's room, when you pull your zipper down, something happens. All of a sudden, you've lost your wee-wee. You can't find your wee-wee. So you're going to come right back on stage and ask me where it is. You're not going to talk to the women men's, we're going to go there, you can't find your wee-wee. You come right back on stage begging me to find your wee-wee. The girls' room, when you put your panties down, something happens. All of a sudden, you grew a wee-wee. What's the problem, sir? My day's gone. The day's gone? I don't believe it! I think I found it. It's gone? I think I found it. You You have it on you. your dad i mean i could honestly say i the one person i've been to the comedy connection probably a hundred times no one would ever say anything bad it was always a great time i i've probably seen him five or six times including the time i went on stage but just everyone is howling every show. That must be a great feeling. What does it feel like when you have the audience like in the palm of your hand? That's the best feeling it is when you have the crowd going crazy. The louder the crowd and the crazier the crowd, the better the show because it makes me, or entertainer, do a better job. When the crowd's howling that, it's like batteries. It's like filling you up. Um, yeah. yeah Energize. It's, really, it's, it's, it's a great feeling. Now, now that, was your, that was your dad, obviously, and that, that was one of his... I'm sorry. That was a real long time ago. That was a long yeah, time. Yeah, and, and that was one of his, his more well-known bits. And I've seen you do either that exact same bit or something similar to that. Do you have a take on that? And some and some of your other uh, your father's uh, best hits you've kind of incorporated into your thing. So when I first started doing shows 25 years ago, 27 years ago, whatever, 
I did a lot of his own stuff, his stuff. He told me, just do my stuff, try it out. Now my, my show is my own show, but I do throw some stuff in there that he did because people are always at my show saying, oh, I saw your dad, like you said, 10 times, six times. So I throw a few things in here and there, but I change it up a little bit. I, I tell the person the penis shrunk because it leads, to like, <laughs> it, it leads to like two more routines or three more routines. I try to do a routine that keeps going as I go on my show. So it's just, it's but that's like every morning for me, I, I wake up, I'm like, my penis shrunk. <laughs> I would just feel like normal. Like I, you would need to take whatever I have there away. <laughs> Otherwise I won't notice. I just be like, well, I don't know. Well, well, Jet, Jedi. One of his acts was he. Uh, so you had someone that was going to enlarge his penis with a bottle of water, right? And you say yeah. the more that you, so these people are pouring water bottles down their pants. Yes. Oh, do you do that for breasts? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I needed to do all along. How easy is that? Hold on. So he that's played the superpower at... I want. <laughs> He played at the comedy. Con- I mean, I know there's like a million places, but I, I I found it interesting to find out that he played a lot at the Kowloon. Did you did you ever do the Kowloon? His yeah, dad was like a staple at the Kowloon. I'm sorry, I, I just I, I just remember your dad was like his. They just had your dad's name up on the on the on the billboard and just put names around it because they just yeah. knew he was going to be there. So he was at the Comedy Connection in Boston every Thursday night for like ten years, and yeah. then every Friday night he did the eight o'clock show at Kowloon left there and went to the Providence Comedy Connection and did a 10.30 show there. He was really busy back in that day. Wow. Every Friday night, he packed every time, too. Now, you, worked, was, you yeah. worked for him, right? Yes. Yep. When I first started out, I, I drove him, did all his music. So when we, we do shows, um, we play music during the shows, uh, intro during the shows. So I did all that for him, and then I drove him home. I drove him there, set up everything for him, make it much easier, and it's I have some people work with me once in a while. It makes the show better and easier when you have someone working with you. Seamus, when I think of the Kowloon, like these iconic like 80s places, I just think back then, you know, everyone would just get shit faced and just drive home. What a yeah. gem. What a gem uh, right, right here in Mass. I mean, you, you look at the wall and you're like, this, this is no bullshit. Like, this isn't just, this is everybody you've ever heard of has played the Kowloon. I mean, you talk about the heaviest of the heavy hitters. Is not a name you can name. Seinfeld. I don't care who who you talk about. They've all played the Kowloon, um, and I thought the food was great. I don't know what is what is the status of the Kowloon, Todd. You would you would know better than anybody. So Jedi, just so you know, and people listening, Kowloon it's it's just basically a Chinese restaurant, right? <laughs> it's the busiest Chinese restaurant on the East Coast. It's up it's on this gigantic huge. hill. Yeah. Yep. Joe, you want to see if you can pick up, uh, get a picture of the Kowloon? It's K O W L O O N. The place is enormous. Yeah. yeah, like, have you ever heard of the Hukilau in Chicopee? Oh, I used to work, my dad worked there for years. I worked there for years. That place is a parking lot now. They knocked it down. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. But yeah. that was the same thing. It's just this Chinese restaurant, and everyone, everyone would go there for like, they had amazing acts. Yeah, they, they had a huge showroom that they did uh, Hawaiian shows, and then they also yeah. brought comedy and big big names too big big names of comedy in there right and, and you know what i found funny is when you say you go to a library and you say do you have any books on hypnotism sometimes they'll like they'll give you like they'll send you to the occult section of the library really? so yes <laughs> they think you're up to something so, so i think a lot of people think that it could be used to manipulate is there any truth to that like maybe that's not your expertise but do you know other people who have studied hypnosis and have been 
Oh, we've got the we've got the picture up on the screen. Yeah, this is the Kowloon. It just gives you flashbacks. You remember the '90s so vividly when you Looks see the, the Kowloon. <laughs> yeah. What what the hell was I talking about, guys? I'll, I, I'll answer you, your question. Um, <laughs> so it's not a lot of people think of it as brainwashing. It's, it's nothing like that. Hypnosis is more of a deep, relaxed state. And when you're deeply yeah. relaxed, you can focus very well. So say, for instance, like clinical to quit smoking. I would relax you or hip just will relax you and get you deep hypnotized, meaning deep relaxation. So you can block out everything around you. So you're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about your kids, not thinking about your wife or your husband or anything else. You just focus on what the hypnotist is telling you. So when he tells you something, it stays in your mind. So it makes you more aware the whole entire time. So if you wanted to quit smoking, half the time people smoke, they don't realize they're reaching for the cigarette or they don't realize they're lighting up. But when you're more aware of what you're trying to quit or stop, it clicks better in your brain. You stop doing what you want to stop doing. So that's how now, it's nothing like mind control. Like I said, it's, it's not brainwashing. This that's two different things. Um, hypnosis is more deep relaxation, and it's beneficial more than not beneficial. So could you could you make somebody think every time they took out a cigarette they were sucking someone's dick? Yeah, for like ten minutes, I could definitely. Yes. <laughs> on stage, I, I've done that before. <laughs> it could, that could help then. You could actually, you, you could, you could kind of kill two birds with one joke. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, what were you gonna say, Jedi? I was gonna ask if it was like meditation. It is. It is. It, so meditation, you get relaxed and you just lose yourself. With uh, hypnosis, you get relaxed and focus on one thing. That's how it works yeah. well on stage. I've always been skeptical about hypnotism, but probably about a week ago, I drove all the way to work. It was about a half hour and I go to shut my car off and I'm like, okay, Paw Patrol has been playing on the TV in the car the whole time. And you just drive without even thinking of it. And they say also mowing the lawn, reading, watching movies. It's kind of like you're in a little bit of a hypnotism state. Hypnotic state. Yeah. What's, yeah. It's, just, it's almost like when you drive for long distances, you're like, oh, it's like a three hour drive and you do it every day. And it's it feels like 10 minutes because you're just so used to doing it. You get so relaxed. You're not really worried about anything. So it just makes it more enjoyable. Jedi, that's like your ride home from work. I know, right? So you can do something like Shallow Hell meets a gal. That yeah. movie. <laughs> that is that is possible. Could you at least yeah, could you condition my wife to think I'm attractive? <laughs> Miracles are tough, maybe, maybe. There's something you can do though, even if it lasts a week. I don't give a shit. It, so I can make it last maybe a few hours or a night. Oh. The the big thing of my show is um at the end of my show, if it's an already show. If I have like a guy on stage or a girl on stage and they're married or have a girlfriend, boyfriend, I say to them, whenever your wife or whatever says the word honey to you, you become extremely horny for the rest of the weekend. So I can say like carrot sticks and she'll just start. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm looking for. So we're, how far away are you right now? Uh, <laughs> are you in Cumberland? Is that where are you are you in your hometown? Yeah, I'm in my hometown. Yep. Cumberland. Yep. Love it. Je yeah, Je Jedi is uh, in California. Yeah. She, she she probably thinks. I mean, New England is such a strange place. <laughs> Every yeah. time I've we never been. Something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was out in California two weeks ago. I did a show out there, and I I landed in L.A. It was like eighty five, beautiful, and I drove to Acton to a huge resort for a, um it was a campground resort. I did a show, and that's like forty five minutes from L.A. And it was a thirty degree difference. It was one hundred and five when I got there in the pure desert. It was, it was, <sighs> 
It had to have been, it had to have been yeah. masks. People probably wearing masks, right? Yeah, it was L.A. County, but we're in the middle yeah. of nowhere, and they were like complaining about. But yeah, everyone had masks on. It was crazy. Isn't that the worst though? Fucking masks. I, I just got back from Disney, uh, Frank. I, I I don't know these guys. I, I may have mentioned Disney a couple times on the yeah. last show. Uh, I, it's it's given me uh, nightmares just thinking about it. But I mean, add ninety degrees, one hundred and ten percent humidity and a mask and rides and lines and kids we're not going to go there it's, <laughs> it sounds like it's not fun so so frank you definitely have a little bit of an advantage with your name you get the frank yes. santos jr but people the people look down at novelty acts at all because yeah. yeah like if you come on stage and you have like a trunk like i mean even though carrot top is one of the funniest acts <laughs> i've ever seen and uh, what's the other guy there? Uh, that is your that's your wheelhouse, Todd. Yeah. Carrot Top would be the funniest guy you've ever seen. Oh, I totally believe that that's an accurate statement. You and totally. I, you look beside yourself when he gets the coke can with the pube on it. <laughs> you lose your shit. Seamus, who's the other guy with the puppets there that makes like twenty million a year? Um, oh God, uh, with the crank yankers, that guy or no, 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 uh, Frank. Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham, thank you. See, I yeah. think when you're that big, it doesn't matter. But I think if you go to a comedy show and someone comes up with a trunk full of props, uh, I think other comedians and stuff don't really like that, do they, Frank? Um, Yeah, yes and no. I mean, it's a career choice. I mean, if you want to be yeah, right. and you make people laugh, that's – Yeah. I mean, I don't – I guess mine's a novelty, but I'm more of a – I consider myself a one-man show where I can go up and do a whole show and that's yeah. it. You don't need – other people to go on with me but i mean it's just everyone's got this stick and i, I don't yeah. look down on anybody but. yeah i mean you definitely don't hate on anybody i think a lot of performers feel the same way because it takes such balls to get up yeah. there and bear your soul and and uh, and not take that to heart and do that every night that you can't help but revere that that level of uh commitment and bravery to so sit there and and try to knock somebody down it's just uh it's another level of shitty. And I think everyone that, that does it understands that. So you at least have the reverence for somebody like a Jim Florentine who mm-hmm. maybe isn't Jeff Dunham, but you know, he's, he's pretty funny in his own, right? I think there's a spot for everyone, right? Yeah. How long, yeah. How, how long did it take you to get confidence doing that? Like, Oh my God, you must've been nervous that you would only get like one or two people hypnotized. That must be, <laughs> that must be nerve wracking. Every show. I get nervous before the show, not to go on stage. I can go on stage in front of two people or 10 million. That doesn't yeah. bother me. It's right. going on stage and hoping to get volunteers, which made me go bald and gray. Because I, <laughs> it's like, I've done shows where people don't want to volunteer. And it's so oh. show, knowing oh, it's a comedy wow. hypnosis and some people just don't want to volunteer. That's tough. So, so can you be funny if you just have to be funny and run long? Can you do like 30 minutes? Do you have that much material you're comfortable with? So... My show's not based on me doing actual comedy like uh like I said, mm-hmm. Jim Florentine. But yeah, I can pull a show I usually do like an hour, two hour and a half. So the people on stage I have people on stage that, that suck. They're the really good hip ties, but they're just not funny. So some people just yeah. dry and not funny. Right. So I have to be the funny one. I hate that. My my whole idea <laughs> is to make them funny, sit back and watch the audience laugh. That's why I like doing. But sometimes I have to be funny, yeah. I can do it. It's it sucks, but I can do it. It's still better than being a clinical hypnotist, though, right? It's a lot more fun to talk about people forgetting that they have a dick than to uh, yeah, they, to they spend all day trying to get you to do Chantex. 
Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Definitely. That's fun. I, I had I don't mean to, to 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 be obnoxious and take up all the time, but I had a question I wanted to get out. But is there anything in comedy or or even in any sort of performances that that you're a part of that scares or intimidates you a little bit that you want to try but you're not sure you'd be good at? For hypnosis, like stage comedy hypnosis? Stage comedy, anything. I mean, you've been in the business now so long. Have you ever thought of, you know, hey, maybe there's something else that's kind of uses hypnosis but goes in another direction? Do I want to evolve in some way? But I think that might suck. Like, what's what are you kind of mulling about, if anything? So nothing about doing shows on stage. But there's other guys that do certain things, I think, like instant hypnosis, the street hypnosis, which I truly do not believe in. Um, unless yeah. you were hypnotized once before. So if you're hypnotized once before, and I said to you, next time I see you, I'm going to say a certain word. It's going to deeply relax you. They're going to follow through. Then I can do that. But I don't think I could walk up to just like any one of you three for and uh, say sleep and you go right under, which the street guys that do that, I just, I don't believe it. I think if I've been at the Kowloon for at least an hour, hour and a half, you could probably tell me to sleep. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. little uh, drunken sleep is good, yes. <laughs> you, so you could probably do it on the street in like a New Orleans kind of environment. That might be fun to follow you around with a camera and see if you can get some people maybe in like a hypnosis tent or something. Yeah. So I, I did it once on um, Channel 12 well, around here. The local news um, followed me around in Providence, and we did stuff like that. But it was more quick hypnosis, like two, three minutes. Um, I can do that, but anything under like a minute is really, really hard. Have yeah. you ever had anybody have a difficult time getting out of it? So a lot of people ask that question. It's and it's not like hypnosis is my I'm controlling you at any point, any time you can come out of hypnosis. It's mm -hmm. not where so hypnosis is actually self-hypnosis. It's more like I give you directions to get there. It's like when you go to a big store, you buy a desk and it comes in a teeny little box, you follow directions and it becomes a big desk you follow my directions and you get hypnotized so at any point you can wake up so if i did a show and i dropped dead on stage like when you get deeply hypnotized within minutes you wake up because your concentration is broken from me the people who get like there's like once in a great way history, it's like oh yeah it took me a while to get out of it it's because they want to stay sleeping or they want to be relaxed just really tired it's not they're stuck in hypnosis just that's what they want i can't force you to do anything you don't want to but this show is still highly edgy, very sexual in nature, isn't it? Um, not all <laughs> my shows. <laughs> uh, but a lot of shows, are, most of my shows are R-rated, yes. But some are PG. I do a lot of high school shows that are clean. So, so I wonder, you know, because one of the directions that we're going in with this show, and we're going to have another topic, I think, and I don't know if we're going to mesh them together or what, but we're talking about cancel culture, and we're talking about how nowadays there's a lot of this kind of um, this environment where there's a high level of sensitivity and a lot of people are uh, taking a, a, a standpoint where they're going to uh, morally correct. Uh, there's the Me Too movement and they're making examples of, of comedians and they've done so with other performance artists and people in the media. Um, yeah, I wanted to get your take on it. And, I, and, I, and, and also, if you, if, I, I wonder that, you know, had you changed anything in your act at all with some consideration of the types of repercussions that you see befalling certain comedians? Have you thought about any of that or how have you adjusted, if at all? All right. So if I do a, a comedy club, I don't adjust anything because you go to a comedy club. Great. It's, 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 yeah. it's yeah. whatever. Um, you, you go into see something funny. If you don't like it, then leave. I don't care. Um, I do high school shows and it depends where I'm going. Some high schools say, 
please don't say he or she, which I, I oh my lord, they say say student. I'm like, so oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> I have to adapt a little bit because I want to get paid. My daughter's so funny. She's she's in college and she's like, Dad, they really have to bring bullying back because this is getting out of <laughs> That would be the best hashtag ever. Bring bullying back. Yes. Spearheaded by Frank Santos Jr. Yeah. I love it. It's, yeah, it's yeah. but the cancel culture is awful. People just want to troll and it's it's so awful. It's like people have careers and something they said yeah. twenty right. years ago when times are different, it's just it's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Do, do you think it's a symptom of the growing narcissism in this country and this feeling that, you know, my opinion is so important. I'm going to tell it to the world right now and they're going to hear me and they're going to chime in and I'm going to take the power that you had to influence people and I'm going to influence people. And is it is it that kind of like, you know, petty narcissistic uh, motivation? Do you think that that makes I, this possible? I think people are uh, getting too soft. For one, <laughs> that's my opinion. I agree. It's getting too soft out there. And then two, people have too much time on their hands. They're always on the internet reading everyone's opinion. And everyone has an opinion yeah. that they should probably not, not even put out there for like maybe a day or two. Then, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think it's awful. I really don't like it at all. It's terrible. People definitely had a lot of time in their hands in 2020. So I think yeah. we saw a lot of that stuff. And, and I know that you've worked with a lot of comedians and you've been around a lot of the big names that have been in the business. I wonder if you've kind of crossed paths with anybody that, you know, we've heard of that's had their troubles, you know, people like Louis C.K. or Dennis Miller, or, you know, Lenny Bruce, anybody yeah. like that. That, that, that Louis C.K. thing I thought was awful because if you're in my business, comics are crazy around each other. They always try to outdo each other. They always try to one up each other. It's constant ball bust. You can't even be normal in front of a comic. Usually it's just constant ball busting. So what he got in trouble for it, it was, I mean, granted, I what they what he did was bad enough, but it's probably what he's done a thousand times, or other comics yeah. have done a thousand times. You can't fall asleep around a comic. It's just because it's just going to happen that you don't want it to happen. It's just the way you, that's the life you choose, and that's how it is. But um, yeah, it, it, comics getting canceled for doing something, yeah, saying something is it's. it's, it's because you could find any comic and obviously find one thing <laughs> in their career. Anyone. A yeah. anyone. So the one thing I was going to ask you, so you do all sorts of different things, bachelor parties. Um, you said it was high, high school things. Yeah. I would think the best Colleges. for you has to be like a random Friday night when like people are for date nights. Cause I know like Seamus and I have young kids. If we mm -hmm. ever get a date night, we're out, we're already in like a mode to like laugh and have shit. fun. We're shit faced in 15 minutes and ready to get as much <laughs> yeah. time utilized yeah. as possible. Maximize that... fun commence now. Do you feel like that's like the easiest type thing? So usually the easiest shows are high school and college shows. Those kids have no right. skeletons in the closet. Usually. And just they, they're, they're not, they just want to go and experience. Um, when it gets to doing nightclubs, it can be a couple of drinks are great. Too many drinks is not great if you're like drunk going on stage because you yeah. fall asleep or you end up puking. Um, but I like large groups because I always, when I have large groups, people get pushed on stage. So if you went out yeah. with 10 of your friends, then usually two or three go up there and it makes the show better for those people as well. Yeah, what I thought would be a nightmare, Joe. You gotta pull up that clip when you see like all these like little kids and brats running around. Like this <laughs> clip, this must be a complete nightmare with all when you go to show with all these little kids. Pull that up, Joe. 
Your arms are lit, your arms relax. One, jumping down even deeper, and next one, jump twice as deep. Here we go. Zero. Every time I say that. How hard is that to concentrate and stuff? You have a whole bunch of like little kids. <laughs> I've done so many shows. Um, I've done a lot of campgrounds where uh, all the kids sit in the front row and it's like doing a Wiggles concert because they're just yeah. all there. It, it's all right. I mean, are, are you looking at the time while it's happening? Though? Are you looking at the clock? I mean, like, all right, that was. That was eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. Some shows, <laughs> I look at my watch, I'm like, shit, I got another 25 minutes to go. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's got to oh, be That's gotta be hard. Go ahead. When I was like, doing do some... Have Sorry, a go ritual Jedi. before you go on stage, like some comics do, they do some <laughs> meditation or shake your body. And I know Monique does, but do you have some kind of ritual you do before you go on stage? No, actually, I do not. I get there. I... I, I I get in trouble a lot because I like to be out in the audience and talk to people. I have a couple of uh, managers and agents that say, no, you got to stay backstage because no one's supposed to see me for a show. I'm like, who gives a shit? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to talk to some people. I like to see my audience before I get on stage. That's my ritual, trying to read the audience, I guess. Seamus, I'm uh, (laughs) I'm glad he doesn't eat chicken like Wade Boggs before. <laughs> I, you gotta have, uh, yeah. No, I, I don't think anybody's gonna top Boggsy on uh, on on rituals. But I've always, I loved it. Like when Jim Gaffigan would just like show up in the line in the, to the show for the Jim Gaffigan show. You know, I kind of like seeing the comic before. It's kind of cool. But uh, uh, you you must have come across a couple of comedians that didn't work out here or there. What what are some of the reasons why somebody might fail? What have you seen? Like what are the what are the horror stories that you've witnessed? The toughest thing is when you, you see a. I do a lot of shows, and when I sometimes a new comic will come on stage and try to open for me, and I try to give them pointers for my show. It's a little more difficult because I'm like you say novelty. So they they see they come to see a novelty show, not a comedy show. It's when they go up on stage and they they don't get laughs right away, so they just they just get mean to the audience or they stupid like hacky stuff is tough you can't be hacky pretty much it. oh yeah that's like Seamus imagine when his dad was performing being the opening act no one wants to see you everyone wants to get straight to the hypnotist no that's yeah. gotta be that's gotta be the hardest gig some it used to be really tough it's, it's getting better now if you if you train the audience to have a comic in front of you then they're used to it so I do a lot of shows like theaters that they yeah. they'll put a comic on for 20 minutes and then do a little intermission and then go back to me. So when I was doing research, I saw that you got offered a gig in Vegas for a month. Or was it a month or two months or was it a year? What was it? So this is a while ago. I think my kids are like four and eight. So four and six, they asked me to do a residency at uh, the casino. So it was like 10 shows a week. So you would do every night oh one. God. And then I think like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, do two or three a night. So, but, uh, I didn't want to uproot my whole life and move out to Vegas, especially my kids being so young. So I turned it down. <laughs> yeah, that would have been tough with little kids to do something yeah. like that. That's a brutal schedule. Yeah, it's doing hypnosis. It's it's not. It's it's really um, it's it's really uh, I'm trying to use the word uh, mentally tough because you have to get volunteers. So it's very stressful. You have to get them under. Then the ones who are under, you have to make sure you can go in the correct direction. Some people are willing to do anything uh, rated. Some people are reserved. So you have to really feel that out. 
So I have to figure that out within 10 minutes of my show so I can go in the correct direction. Because if I do something that you don't like, then you're going to snap right out of it. So. So, so basically what you do is you're kind of in the gig economy, right? Yeah. So what did COVID do to you? <laughs> so uh, when I did my taxes this year from last year, my accountant laughed at me. <laughs> oh, God. He's like, I can wash this to make it like you made no money. I, I was off. I lost 90% of my shows. Um, oh, 110 damn. gigs were canceled. So, oh yeah, it was wiped out. And this year it was picking up. But now with everyone so nervous about this Delta and bringing back the the masks, um, I'm not getting the bookings like I used to. I used to book out six, seven, eight months in advance. Now it's yeah. one, two months in advance. It's crazy. Right. And were you were you doing that thing where you collect and you like you can only earn X number of dollars before it starts cutting into the collection? You're like I can only hypnotize two people this week. No, well, so being <laughs> self-employed at first, they wouldn't give me anything. It was tough. Oh. Like, oh, you're self-employed, so being self-employed, you can't collect unemployment. Then they changed the rules, and it took about three or four months before I could. I, I collected for two weeks, but I, I got like a small loan from PPP loans to, to, to work through the year. But I, I got crushed last year, but. It is what it is. I slap at it now. <laughs> Did you ever attempt to do like a Zoom hypnosis? I mean, you'd really have to you'd have to put your snake oil salesman hat on for that and, and really sell that idea. But it might work. I don't know. People would be, you know, entertained. No, I've done a couple of those and, it, and it's fine. You can do it just like this. Um, and make sure you have a good uh, connection. But it, it's nothing where it was anything profitable. You know what I mean? So doing a show is way more um and make you make more money doing shows than you would doing clinical work. I enjoy doing clinical though. Don't get me wrong. I love doing it, helping people out. I think it's great. Could you hypnotize one of us on the show right now? Start with Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, Frank, have you, have you ever had a show where you got no volunteers or no one got hypnotized or anything like that? So it happened once. So I did it like, almost once. So I did a show for a big corporate gig. It was like, Three or four hundred mm. people there, and um, yes. before I went on stage, the the owner said, "All right, team A, B, and C, you're going off on this trip." And he didn't know about it. So, out of the four hundred, I think three hundred and seventy-five left. <laughs> so oh, twenty-five no. left. And then the oh, boss wow. was like, "Oh, I'm going to stick around to make sure you get volunteers." I'm like, "No, you don't have to." He's like, "Oh, I'm going to." So he made people volunteer out of twenty-five. And they're walking up one by one saying, Frank, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not doing this. And they all, I can't hypnotize unless you want to be. That was right. an awful show. That's, but very, very rarely that it happens. It happens once. That was once in 27 years. Right. Yeah, because corporate gigs, you're there because the, you're just there. You're not willing. You're not going to seek you right. out to go to a show. You just happen to be there. Yeah, it's, like, it's a lot of people trying not to have too much fun around the boss. It's, 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 it's some places are like that. Yeah, I did a show for yeah. AstraZeneca. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any material about like pharmaceuticals uh, killing people for money? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> so this is the I, I was always skeptical about hypnotism, but this really made me really believe. What do you guys know about Howie Mandel besides his comedy? Anything you can think about him? Uh, OCD. What's that? OCD. OCD. So. He was on, yeah, right. He would never, ever in a million years shake your hand. There Mm -hmm. was a hypnotist on AGT last year where they convinced him. They said, Oh, there's a film between on top of everyone's hands. It's like a it's like gloves. 
and Howie Mandel was walking around shaking everyone's hand. <laughs> he would he would he would never ever do that. I'm a hundred percent convinced that he said on the Today Show or Good Morning America, he was kind of annoyed that the guy did that, but he said I was definitely hypnotized. So like, how would you explain that, Frank? So he so you so he he's a great subject for one. That's what makes it um good. So he's a great subject. So he's a germaphobe and he probably hates being a germaphobe. So in his mind he would love not to be that way. So the mm. hypnosis kind of put it to the point where all right, I can shake people's hands because he really believed he had a rubber glove on. Now I wouldn't have done that to Howie because that's something he doesn't want to happen. So with yeah, that's why right. he's probably pissed about it. But if I ever went on, I would definitely pull him up first because he's one of those great subjects that go under well and just go by. Yeah, he believed he had a rubber glove on. So let me try to explain this better. So if I hypnotize you and I was just me and you and I could say, all right, now you're going to go take a shower and this closet is a shower. You believe the closet is a shower for a little bit, but you would always catch yourself. But being yeah. something easy, like <laughs> just gloves in your hands, you could definitely, definitely uh, get away with that. Yeah, that's yeah, cr that's so crazy. That's so yeah. crazy to me. I was watching one today where the guy thought his shoe was a phone, yeah. and he kept picking up his shoe and answering. I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, hypnosis must be good for people with OCD. It, it can. It can definitely help people. Um, I I do some stuff like that with my in my clinical office. Try to help people uh, overcome it, but that's a tough one. Can, can it be dangerous at any? like in any way or no because you're is there any so way it could just, be yeah so no it's relaxation um there's one side effect and that's when you go home that night and you have the best night's sleep because um i'm not sure a lot of people go to bed and they lay there and they start twitching and they move around and they fall asleep and they wake up again it's because your body's so full of stress and tense and, and tension that it escapes your body by like jerking yourself a little bit and then you can relax more and fall asleep hypnosis just takes that all away so when you go home that night when you close your eyes you just usually go right to a nice peaceful sleep but it's not yeah. it's not it's not dangerous i mean i've been doing shows 27 years so it's, it's I right. yeah. jerk a little bit go ahead do you know what asmr is frank yeah that's when you like talk really quietly well so so joe pull up this clip this is how i go to bed a lot of nights Does that have any connection with hypnotism? <laughs> you listen I, to I love that. getting cut. cut. It, it's like <laughs> sand getting cut and stuff like that. It's so relaxing. It puts me right to bed. So, so I believe in a, I've, I'm the worst sleeper. And what puts me to sleep is I put Seinfeld on. And I've seen Seinfeld probably 10 million times a show. But mm -hmm. I'm, I know every episode, everywhere from beginning to end. I think that it's so familiar to me. And it sounds so relaxing that I can fall asleep. Or no, I could take a nap if I'm at home and it's ten thousand kids running around. I could fall asleep to that because just they're all having fun. And I'm relaxed state. So for you, yeah. I'm guessing that that noise just blocks everything outside. You're not thinking about work, not thinking about your yeah. kids or your home life. That just one little focus makes you relax more. Frank, this guy fucking watches sand get cut. He's perfect. Hypnotize him now. <laughs> What can you do? What can you do right now to make Todd think you know he can dunk a basketball? No, no, no. His ankle. 
what can he do to make me think the earth is round? <laughs> <laughs> All he has to do is convince you for about 10 minutes and you'll be hooked on it. He doesn't need hypnosis at all. That'd be overkill. He could just come on and suggest, you know, it'd be fun if the earth was flat. You'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. So I do have one story that I've always wondered about my whole life. Um, and I'm curious if you could tell me if you think that I hypnotized myself. We used to play basketball. I worked in downtown Boston. Every day we played basketball in Chinatown. We'd walk down. One day we got back to our desks and we didn't want to get in trouble from our manager. I said, I'm running down to the basement super fast to take a shower. I had never been down there before. So I took the elevator down. You had to walk. You take the elevator down to the bottom floor. Then you walk down to the basement. I took like a two minute shower and then I went to go up the stairs and I, I couldn't find the door for like 10 minutes. I kept walking. The door wasn't there. I'd walk back and there would be an emergency door. Press this and the alarm would sound. I was panicking. There was no door for about 10 full minutes. I kept walking back and forth. Then all of a sudden the door flung open and a kid came down to, to take a shower too. But the door was what not happened? there for me. I couldn't find the door. Did, did I? Did I somehow hypnotize myself that there wasn't a door? Well, no, first of all, there's a, there's a. I think there's a child in there in the shower <laughs> that I, I hope you either helped or left behind or whatever was best in that scenario. I'm glad the lights came on. Um, but, but I, I think you're indicting yourself. I, I might cut you off. No, go ahead. Did I hypnotize myself? What was going on? I, you answered but you went to panic mode, so panicked that you couldn't see the door. Is my guess. No, I was. I mean, you could be, but I, I would say you just went to a panic mode where it's right in front of you, you just can't see it because you're so panicked that you have to be back up to work so you wouldn't get in trouble. Is my opinion. I could be wrong. Yeah, but that's yeah it I, was like maybe the little boy in the shower panicked you too. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so you weren't hypnotized. You were just you were just taught. <laughs> you were just being Todd. Um, I I should have took that story to my grave, but <laughs> no, that's not that's not why you have a podcast, Todd. You, you keep telling me stories, and we'll keep riffing on them. I love them. Um, no, that's that's gold. Uh, I, I I forgot where I was going to go. What, did, what were you going to say, Todd? No, that's about it. Um, I have a question. Of, yeah, go you for know, it. On the clinical side, Frank, how long does <laughs> like you do therapy, and so, how long is the recovery for that? Or when do people get you know change their behavior? Or is it like two years where you know you go to a, a psychiatrist and they take all your money for like five, ten years, and the problem isn't <laughs> fixed? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so all right, so it's just I'm not doing like um, therapy as in like helping you with something happening in your childhood. But if you wanted to quit smoking or a healthy eating or get over a phobia, it's usually three sessions, like one session a week for three weeks, and each session about an hour long. And uh, and that's it. The third session I do is I record it for you. So if you're a smoker, usually hopefully quit the first time you come in, or at least cut in half. The second time you come back, I, I do more hypnosis with you, and you, you quit. And the third time you come back, I record it, like a reinforcement session. And then I give you the recording to you, so say a year goes by and also you had something tragic or something crazy happened to you, you're thinking about smoking, you throw the little recording in, listen to that, and it gets you right back to where you're a non-smoker or healthy eating, wherever else you want to do. But it's not, Has it's anybody not ever broken the law because they were hypnotized and had to use that as a defense and say, I was hypnotized when I attacked <laughs> this yeah, guy? No, that was... Not yet. <laughs> I wonder how that would hold up in court. I actually wondered that. Say someone um, 
was robbed or something and then they used a hypnotist to try to find out what they looked like would that could that be used in court or would they just throw that out um well, he's not a, he's not a lawyer but i mean yeah. <laughs> so, well so this has happened before where um in, in where i live my hometown there was a hit and run where an old man got hit by a, a car and he died but three young kids witnessed it so they brought my father and i in to hypnotize his three kids to, to see if they can remember what they seen because they were like I, I i saw a car and that was it and they were in um almost shock so time we were done they recognized what color the car was what it looked like and one of the kids remembered a couple of numbers of the license plate so they could try to find this person who hit this man and took off so you always see it and so instead of being in a shock state we slow it down you reverse it and make you see it better but I'm not sure in court that would work or not. Right. So and, you you actually hypnotized on order of the police a witness. This was this yeah. was something that they wanted. They're like, call in a hypnotist. We're gonna get this fucking guy to give us a plate. Come on. It was our home. It was our hometown, and uh, I think the chief at the time was uh, my father's cousin also. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, uh, listen, uh, <laughs> listen, we got a situation down here. We need a hypnotist to maybe I don't know suggest something. We got to wrap this up. Yeah, well, they, we also got called in once because supposedly this guy murdered this woman. And we want the cops say, Can you hypnotize him <laughs> to make him tell us he did it? And we're like, No, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're sitting on a movie. Yeah, this, is this real life? He really asked you to do that? It's better than when they bring in the tarot card readers to, yeah. to solve crimes. Yeah. Oh, Miss Cleo, you don't think she's legit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, well, this has been fun. Uh, Frank, thank you so much for coming on. I was so excited to hear that you were coming and uh, I, I had fun. I hope you did too. We have to watch Seamus. Let's go to a show. We're going to go to a show. Absolutely. I'm going to overcome my fears and you know what I look like. So, you know, not to pick on me. Cause I know you wouldn't do that. Never. <laughs> Jedi. No, I, I would like to at least try it. I'd like to try it. Where, Jedi, do you have anything else? Northern, Northern Massachusetts? North, so um, we're both in Sturbridge. Sturbridge. All right. So I do a show in Manchester. Actually, I'll be at the MGM soon. Oh, Ooh. in Spring. I think that's, I've never been there. What's that, about 45 minutes from us, Seamus? Not it's even. in a nice place called Springfield where not a lot of people get shot. Yeah. No. But the, the casino part and where I do a show is called Raw. It's really nice in there. It's really, it's an old, um, it's an old building attached to the casino and they, they modified it. It's, it's a pretty wild looking place. It's, it's fun. I'll be there. We're next going. Time. We're going. We're gonna we're gonna make a day of it. Todd, we're gonna get down yeah. there. We're gonna play some cards. Yeah. We're gonna see Frank do his thing. I can't wait. Seamus, you're from Seamus is from Bill Ricca, so that's would have oh. been when you said Manchester. You, you need it. All makes sense now, doesn't it? He's yeah. like, yeah, okay. I've done Bill Ricca High School <laughs> a thousand times, actually. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. yeah. Todd, you better volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody try to beat you up in Bill Ricca High School? Did you have a oh, good yeah, experience no, there? Yeah, good time there. <laughs> Is that what what year around was that? Was that in like the nineties or? So I used to do a show for their Deca Club. They had the business club for yeah. uh, God, probably fifteen years straight. I think I didn't do it last year because of COVID. The last shows get canceled. So, and then I haven't gone back yet because schools are still a little iffy about doing shows right now. Well, Barica schools have come a long way. When I was a kid, uh, they didn't have uh, books, <laughs> so they've got. They've got books. I I think there are roads that go to the school now. There's all sorts of stuff. So they've come a long, long way. So yeah. so your uh, school experience is a lot different than mine. Yeah, I'm from Weymouth. Do you ever do anything near Weymouth? 
I've done Weymouth High School too. Yep. Oh, you did Weymouth High. <laughs> <laughs> I've done so. You name it, I've probably done it. Yeah. And I, but I've been like I said, twenty. I'm on twenty-seven years this year doing shows. I started ninety-three doing shows. So um, ninety-four, I think, was my first show. So uh, yeah. every high school in Rhode Island, I pretty much did. I in Massachusetts, in Rhode Island, yeah. um, Connecticut, some in New York, <laughs> everywhere. Cool. You have anything else, Jedi or Joe? Where can we see you? Yeah. Coming up so, soon. So if my my Facebook page has all my upcoming shows for uh, public. So I'll be I'll be at the Rex Theater, which is in Manchester. It's a really good place. That's not too far from you guys either. Maybe an hour. Nah, down. we can make that hike too. Um, but uh, we'll be on the once in a while. But in Mass, I'll be the closest would be the MGM. That's in September, I think. Our, that's cool. Oh, well, that's that'll yeah, that'll be good. Seamus and I will definitely show definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Look forward to seeing you. I can't wait to meet you, buddy. Yeah. And um, so, uh, Jedi, before you send us out, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. I think that about does it. Uh, Jedi, take us out. Well, Marks, the end is here. Thank you so much, Frank, for joining our podcast today. You can see his show schedule on his website. Frank at franksatzeljr.com, or you can check out his Facebook. Please check us out on Two Conspiracies on Beyond on Facebook, Instagram, and Clovercrest Media. We're out.